and this is Philip. And we are your Bible Bomberman. Let's drop some bombs! You were supposed to say that with me. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Let's, Let's drop, drop some, some bombs. So I thought we'd start this podcast off monotone, especially because we just had to restart the episode because you couldn't hear Philip very well. I was just like so far away, and my voice sounded like a little mouse. Squeak, so squeak. Who likes cancel culture? So nice, but only if you cancel the big meanies like Donald Trump. But we ask you, please don't cancel Bible Bomb. Especially know, Spotify. That's where a lot of we know some of you um, listeners come from. You canceled before you even listened. But Lana, shut up. Yeah. What? I'm trying to talk oh, here. Sorry. You're just so mean, just like the cancel culture. Well, I'll cancel you. You see, my philosophy is, if you cancel me, I cancel you right back. That's mean. Speaking of, is there a, is there a noise cancellation? What? Kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, our question today is: Is the Old Testament canceled? Yes, the Old Testament. No. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. We can't answer it yet. We're gonna. What? We, I mean, I mean, we gotta go through the podcast and let that answer. So. Okay, I was. A lot of people think that. that the Old Testament is. Um, I've I've heard some people say it's a complete waste of time to even teach out of it. So even if, if you're talking about Proverbs or Psalms, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, that's a waste of time because we're not, uh, we're not under it. Don't uh, don't even quote it. Don't. Um, let Let's just stay in the New Testament where it's it's all lovey dovey. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is extremely common, and I've done it myself too, where somebody might ask you some difficult to answer question, especially uh, people who are trying to uh, ha- they have an agenda or they're an atheist or someone who's trying to break into the Christian ideology and make God sound either immoral or sound the Bible sound inconsistent or something along those lines. And then you just answer, well... That's the Old Testament. Yeah, like the Old Testament, you know, God murdered a bunch of people, you know, but... It's not... He so, doesn't... Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, which is not true. Um, murder is an unjust killing, but that's a different episode for a different time. So, you know, I saw someone on Facebook a long time ago said... Um, it was a meme. It said, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Then under it, it said, Oh, wait, we aren't under the Old Testament anymore. So... Their point was homosexuality was a sin in the Old Testament, but we're not in that anymore. So now you can marry whoever you want. It, it was just a, a lame attempt. To yeah. Romans 1 might have something to say about that. Too. Yeah. 1 <laughs> Corinthians 6. But then people say, well, Jesus didn't say that. Paul did. I'm oh. Seriously, people have said that. Um, we should do a different episode about why Paul is authoritative. That'll be interesting. Anyways, mm, yeah. right now we're talking about why the Old Testament is authoritative. Mm. So, And a lot of people also, like, especially since most of the people listening to us are going to be Christian already. So you already accept, like, the Old Testament is the word of God. But then the question is, is, does it apply to us? Why is it important? And is it or is it not canceled? And at the end of this episode, after we do all get into the meat of it and stuff, we'll kind of crunch it down and make a few pointers so stay to the end because it'll make it a lot more simple yeah so let's say to understand yeah so 
um, because we are under the New Testament, let's see if the New Testament has anything to say about the Old Testament. Because if, if, if for those of you who might be thinking, you know, we're only under the New Testament, Old Testament doesn't count, it's not relevant, it's canceled. Um, it's been replaced and not important. We're only under the New Testament. Well, okay, so let's go with that, okay? Let's say we're only under, the no, only thing that counts is the New Testament. Let's ask this question. What does the New Testament have to say about the Old Testament? It, um, let's, uh, let's see if the New Testament thinks that the Old Testament is important. <laughs> That's a good, good idea. How does Matthew chapter 1 start? Matthew records the genealogy from Jesus all the way to Abraham, or Abraham all the way down to Jesus. And so that covers a giant bit of Old Testament history, so you can look back in the Old Testament to see that it's accurate, and it is. Anyway, let's see what um, Matthew writes down for us pretty soon in the New Testament. All right, Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So, if the Old Testament isn't important, then why does Matthew quote it very early on? I mean, Isaiah, who he quotes, was, um, he's Old Testament. So, why would he do that if the Old Testament wasn't, didn't quite count anymore? So, I don't know what 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 can you think of another reason other than proving that Jesus was the Messiah? Well, I cannot. <laughs> Matthew keeps doing this, not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul. And Matthew keeps doing this and so do other, the other uh, writers of the New Testament, especially in Matthew though. Um records this is happened to fulfilled what the prophet said why is that important could it be because the prophets were written before this happened and we know that because the oldest manuscripts we have today are about 150 years before christ um, isaiah it, and the and the, the 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 biblical timeline is written 700 years before the time of Christ, but the oldest manuscripts we have are still before the time of Christ. So we know that they were written before that, and Matthew is writing those down to build faith in us that mm -hmm. those were written down and what is happening is being fulfilled. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing because uh, he's quoting to prove to Joseph, like, hey, this is, you can trust me because look, look at this prophecy being fulfilled right here and showing the significance of it and then recorded here in Matthew so that Christians today can look back on it and be like, wow, look look mm -hmm. at the prophecy and then we'll see hundreds of years later being fulfilled. How else could that have happened? And um, this is so important because 
lots of people, if you just focus on the New Testament, and especially people who are Christians through like a TV church or something, you'll only hear about, pretty much you'll hear about David and the New Testament. And you won't, you won't have a grounding of your faith. It'll mostly just be because the preacher said so. And when you take a look at the Old Testament and take a look at the prophecies combined into, woven into the New Testament, it gives you a solid foundation like, this is true. Yeah, so speaking of David, and, you know, what David wrote is really important. So let's read Acts two twenty-five through 28. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exulted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. All right, so Peter quotes the Psalms to prove to the Jews there that this is talking about Jesus, because then he does on to say, David's dead, and he's still dead to this day. So we are witnesses that... Um, he's talking about Jesus. So he's using the Old Testament written a thousand years before to prove to the Jews that Jesus is arisen from the dead and that the Old Testament was talking about him. So we're starting to see that a lot of the Old Testament actually is about the New Testament. Yep. So And uh, <laughs> this is a, the pretty much the similar thing going on where Peter is is using the Old Testament, something that these people are familiar with, uh, to prove the significance of what's happening and prove that Jesus was the Messiah, he was the Son of God. And since they're already familiar with this, they are seeing this come into, come to life, basically. And then, again, like the other story, it's for us as well, so that yeah. we can see it come to life. And then read Acts 17, 2 through 3. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from de the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is uh, the Christ. Okay, something we got to remember is that the, the scriptures that it says that Paul was using it was the old testament scriptures because the new testament was still being written mm -hmm. at this point so the new testament hadn't been completed so the the way they preached the gospel in the first century was with the old testament they used the old testament and the miraculous gifts to um confirm them but they used the Old Testament to preach Jesus. Mm -hmm. You can imagine some of the sermons that Paul preached at the synagogues and on the Sabbaths would be probably somewhat similar to what Peter was saying to the Jews on in Acts 2. And he would be quoting the Old Testament, as it says here, proving that Jesus was the Christ. So... Um, we also talked about the Ethiopian eunuch, reading, yeah. <laughs> reading Isaiah 53. Yep, exactly. And, you know, it was, that's how the gospel was preached, and that's still how the gospel should be preached. I know. Yeah, I was today. just thinking that, and you don't hear it very much, like you have anywhere. To, if you, you want to prove that Jesus yeah. is true and that the Bible is accurate, you got to go back and forth between the Old Testament prophecies and the, the New Testament 
fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And for people who are really seeking truth and not just going by word of mouth, this is necessary that we come to a Bible study with a potential believer and Christian with these scriptures in 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 our bag so that we can show them and prove to them that Jesus was the Messiah, he is the Christ, and the Son of God. And if you just go by the New Testament, sure, you can get those points across, but um, you're just going to be using a handful of the scriptures that are available to you because Paul and Peter, this is what they were using, and it doesn't record every single prophecy of Jesus in the New Testament. It records them all in the Old Testament. Yeah. So... Even I, when I'm uh, reading through the Old Testament, I'm like, I know the New Testament never quotes this, but it really sounds like just talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. go ahead and read Second um, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All right, um, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You got to remember when this was written. The New Testament was still being written. Anytime you see the word scriptures written down in the New Testament, that is a reference to the Old Testament. Now, this certainly applies to to, to the New Testament, too. But um, at this time, you're just saying how important the the Old Testament was. And uh, go back to what, what we were saying at the very beginning. Old Testament is the Word of God. The Old Testament is included in the scripture. So yeah. for us today, it's definitely like we, we think, oh, scripture is for correction. We just immediately will think of the New Testament. And um, that's kind of sad because that's mostly what we're taught. But scripture is like we can get correction from the Old Testament. And uh, um, we talked about this in one of our recent episodes of uh, even though we're not under the law anymore, we can still learn things from God's character. Like, it's an abomination to God for a man to dress and act like a woman. And yeah, that, that wasn't that, that, that wasn't God. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what God said is an abomination. He doesn't like it. Like, that's not He's, a law. It wasn't in the law. No, he said he doesn't like it. So well, It was in the yeah. law, but that's not necessarily a law. That's a principle. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just so, an yeah. unchanging principle. That that's not the same thing as where you're supposed to offer your sacrifice and and that you know exactly. That, that's yeah. <laughs> anyways. Speaking of law, okay, so now we know that the prophecies are important. So at least those are important. But we're not under law, so should we just skip the first five books of the Old Testament? Just read Isaiah through Malachi, or maybe some Psalms, or like how does the like is no. it? Should we even bother reading Leviticus, like Deuteronomy? Leviticus is really There's hard no to read. There's no point. But, <laughs> no. Right, so what, if, what about the law? So read what Jesus says in Matthew 17. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, you, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. Okay, so um, there's the other side of this where the Messianic Jews or Seventh-day Adventists say, you see, that means we still have to do the Sabbath. That means we still have to do all the the law. No, that's not what Jesus said either. (laughs) He said he came to fulfill 
Yeah, so Jesus is the fulfillment of If that was the case, the he law. would have said, I'm here to continue the law. But yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he did, he, he did not come to abolish it, but he came to fulfill it. That What that means is that everything in the law was pointing to Jesus. So the law had physical things that were to be replaced by spiritual things, such as physical circumcision was required and the law was to be replaced by spiritual circumcision and baptism you know it's mm-hmm. an up it's a spiritual upgrade animal sacrifices which i might be doing ahead and of he myself. he included uh but <laughs> he included the prophecies too so he said the law and the prophets uh ba- and the prophets also he's fulfilling <laughs> the prophecies and yeah. the law together yeah so um read what romans 7 6 says all right but now we have been released from the law having died to that which we were bound so that we serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter all right so that confirms it for us that we are released from that old testament system of the law we are not under the system of rules and the checklists and we don't have to take our sacrifices every day to the priests and go to Jerusalem three times a year to participate in the feasts. Because that would stink so, of how expensive so the law, are. So, so maybe the Old Testament isn't canceled. That's just the Torah and the law. <laughs> now again, now Je- we solved that. Jesus came to fulfill <laughs> it. All right. No, read, read one more verse. All right, I'll read the next verse. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would never have come to known sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, you, no- you shall not covet. Okay, so how are we supposed to know what sin is if we don't read the Ten Commandments? Right? I mean, isn't that like the basis for... Yeah, we're not... That's not a checklist for us anymore, but it's still that it lets us know what sin is. So the law, its purpose, even for us today, as we study it, it lets us know where we've fallen and lets us know of our de- that we can't save ourselves on our own and also lets us know that we need a savior. That, that, that's what it did for the Jews. That, that, that's what its purpose was. It was to put people under slavery so that they can or to know that they're in slavery so that they can know that they need salvation. If you read the rest of Romans 7, it lets you know what life is like when you're under that law because you under are the trapped. Law of then sin and death. you got to continue on to read. Now, Romans 8 tells you how Christ sets you free from that by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3, 19 through 24. Why the law then? Yeah. uh, (laughs) yeah. Good question, Paul. It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Now the mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is the only one. Uh, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if the law had been given which was able to impart life then righteousness would indeed have been based on law but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin 
so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. This lets us know that the law was a necessary tutor to lead us to Christ. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when you're a kid, and you're a kid, and you need rules and boundaries. Eventually, you're going to be an adult. So, you know, when my kids are 21, I'm, and if they're moved out of the house, I'm not going to call them every day and tell them that they need to go to bed. You know, they they're on their own, but I tutored them. I kept them under a law system and tutored them to a maturity. And the law does the same thing because Israel back in the old Testament, you know, was spiritually a bunch of kids, but when you grew up, you know, they finally matured and were finally ready for Christ. So the Jews or the nation of Israel would not have been ready for Christ without the law. And even in the same way with us, you know, you can't just skip to the, 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 the New Testament and say, Jesus loves you. Yeah, become a Christian now. You, know, you, have, to, you have to teach sin. You got to teach mm -hmm. what sin is. You, you got to pretty much put that person under, make, make them realize that they're under law and that they need, that, that they need Christ. You know, that, they need, that they're in slavery and that they need freedom. Another cool thing about the law that, and that uh, goes along with that is it involves sacrifice. And then when it comes to the New Testament, when Jesus died, he became our sacrifice. Like God literally became, the person we're sacrificing to get forgiveness from decided to be our sacrifice to himself, basically. <laughs> like mm -hmm. like our own sacrifice. It doesn't even make any sense. Like he, it's hard to understand he was, that. He was but. the lamb for the sacrifice, the, the perfect one. And, you know, in the Old Testament law, the lamb had to be perfect, couldn't break any of its legs. Hey, Jesus didn't have his legs broken, remember? The, if you read that in John, you know, he was, that, that's what it means when he fulfilled the law. And then with us, too, well, and then he, he became spiritual high priest and did the one day of atonement thing. We, too, though, are also called priests. We're not high priests, but uh, Christians are, every Christian is called a priest in the New Testament. And we're not offering goats and rams, but what um, Romans 12 would call spiritual sacrifices that you read about in the rest of, of Romans 12. So that's what it means to fulfill the law. See, the Old Testament gives us, the law gives us physical pictures, and then the New Testament reveals the spiritual meaning, which we could go on and on talking yes, about sir. all that. But what about uh, Hebrews 8, 7 through 12? All right, let Here's me another Old some. Testament quote. Yeah. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant, and I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make 
with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hands and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and, and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me, from the least to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. You see, the point here is that the Old Testament or covenant could not produce a people who could keep it. And the New Testament can produce a people that can keep it. So the whole book of Hebrews is about the New Covenant replacing the old one. How can you understand this New Testament book without understanding the Old Covenant? So he's saying, you know, it, it wasn't because it was the law's fault, but it was because of the people. But in, under the new covenant, it's going to be a law written on hearts in, in your mind. You know, this is going to produce a spiritual people who can obey God because they want to rather than just because they have to. It takes a lot of understanding of the Old Testament law in order to understand and appreciate the, the new covenant. How, how can you truly appreciate the new covenant if you don't understand the old covenant? Especially when the New Testament itself is still using some of the Old Testament to help you understand. <laughs> yeah, that's how, the, that's how God reasons with people. Is that this is what this Old Testament scripture meant. Yep. Like this is what it's really talking about. This is, kind of reminds me of when... Uh, the disciples were confused about Jesus's parables, and so he had to explain what they meant. And he didn't explain all of them, but that's kind of how it is in the Old Testament as well. Like, it, and the New Testament explains some of them, but not everything in the Old Testament. So that's why it's important for us to dig into the Old Testament as well and uh, look at it through the New Testament's eyes and help decipher it like you do with the parables. When he doesn't describe the meaning to you, you can still find meaning in it. Also, so it's kind of like that. How can you even understand the gospel at all if you don't read what happens in Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve and the first sin? Like yeah. you, you, you can't even process the, the, the New Testament without understanding the very beginning. That's, yeah, beginning that's the story. I don't even think we wrote it down in the notes, but that's another thing that's important about the Old Testament is it's literally the foundation of the the Bible. That's the foundation of everything. Everything starts there. Humans, sin, the earth, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the, the law, and um, pretty much everything that is new starts there. So, yeah, um, so, it's pretty important. <laughs> what were you going to say about the promises of God? Promises of God. Okay, so... <laughs> God makes so many promises in the Old Testament, and the promises that have uh, not been fulfilled, and, and prophecies too, promises and prophecies go together. Oh, promises it, and prophecies. <laughs> but lots of pro prophecies and um, promises are actually still applicable to today, and some end times prophecies are still in the Old Testament. But take, take for example, the... Uh, Noah in the ark. God promised him safety. And that has obviously been fulfilled. And so obviously we don't have to be like, oh, we're a Christian and God's promises still apply today. So 
I know I'll be safe in the ark someday. Like it's, it doesn't apply that way because it's been fulfilled, but let's read, uh, Galatians, uh, three 16. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say and to seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed. That is Christ. And, uh, to help, uh, better explain, Explain that if if it's uh, too complicated. Um, this this scripture helps me. It kind of goes along the same line. First Corinthians twelve twelve. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members are of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. And uh, Christ is also said to be the head of the body. And so. The promises weren't just to Abraham. They are to the body. They're to the seeds. They're to us. But they were also, we could talk about <laughs> the Gentiles, how the promise to Abraham was also f not just for Jews, yeah. it was for all nations. Exactly. And, okay, here's another thing I might mention that's uh, kind of like the Ark promise thing. But uh, a promise, an amazing promise that was promised for humans who obey God's will, um, is salvation, is forgiveness of sins. And in the Old Testament, God said that something like a ram, a sacrifice, would be what was required. But in the Old Testament, God specifically changes that. Like we were just talking about, the law has been switched. So now, it's not a ram required, it's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and uh, repentance, and the circumcision of the heart, not the circumcision of the body. So, uh, like it says in Philippians 3.3, 3, we are the true circumcision. Mm -hmm. And he's basically just saying... That's what it like, means that he yeah, fulfilled it. <laughs> he was saying to the Philippians, which... Philippians. <laughs> Philippians, <laughs> Philippians, which were Gentiles, by the way. Uh, so he was telling them, you, we are the true circumcision, and they would have heard that and thought, wow, okay, because the Jew, it's part of the, the Jews had to be circumcised and in uh, the law. And so they're like, wow, we are the true circumcision now mm -hmm. because it's been switched. The promises now apply to us. Yeah. And then also um, the Old Testament prophecy or the New Testament tells us, like back to Galatians 3, um, before, I think before the verse that you, you, you read, it talks about how the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So even though the Old Testament doesn't tell us it's the Spirit that he's promising, the New Testament tells us, yeah, what was promised to Abraham was that the Holy Spirit would be sent to all of us. Mm -hmm. So you can go back to the Old Testament scripture and be like, oh, he was promising the Spirit to not just the Jews, but to the Gentiles. So just all kinds of promises yeah. in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New. All right, so yeah, the law. I would just yeah. okay. I can yeah. just recommend if that was if I made that too complicated. The whole chapter of Galatians three is pretty much about like it's a big point. So I, just read the chapter three of Galatians. Just read Galatians. <laughs> chapter three is Galatians is all about, about the law and why we're not under it, but why it was important anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. Okay, so law is important, prophecies are important, 
But what about all the stories? What about all the history? Do we really have to read about Moses cross them crossing the Red <laughs> Do Sea? Do we have to? Or I David to. and That's Goliath cool. or all the teens? I was reading the Old Testament this morning about how when Assyria took the Israelites, seventeenth, and the Assyria took the Israelites into captivity. No, sorry, the northern kingdom of Israel into captivity, and a lot of the foreigner people moved into Samaria, and they didn't know God, and they did all these bad things. So God sent lions to kill a bunch of them, and they called for one of the priests to be sent back, and so so that the priest can teach them the ways of God. So they served both God and idols. I mean, do we have to read all that? <laughs> I mean, I thought the the lions were pretty cool. In my personal opinion, Elisha and the two bears is a much a more awesome story than Goldilocks and the three bears, but <laughs> something we should be reading to our children. Anyway, so are these old stories necessary to read? Can we just skip over them? Well, you could, but <laughs> the New Testament you'd be missing out. I think the New Testament has something to say about this, too. All right. Let's see what it has to say, what Paul has to say. First uh, Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. All right. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. The rock was Christ. Nevertheless, the mo with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happened as examples for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. Okay, so that might if uh, that verse out of context might be confusing. Talking about being baptized into Moses. You're talking about when they parted when they went through the Red Sea, okay? So Paul is reviewing an Old Testament story, a something a historical fact of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt into the, the wilderness, and God would test them for a bit to see if they had faith. Paul lets you know that the person who provided for them was Christ. So yeah, Christ is in the Old Testament. All right, so if you guys don't know, Jesus and God are the, are the same. So Jesus really is throughout the whole entire uh, Old Testament. So... But he, he he's read Paul. John one one. <laughs> yeah, so Paul says they're examples for us. Go ahead and, and continue reading verse seven through eleven. All right, seven eleven. Hey, they have gas. Okay. <laughs> Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally, as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. This is a powerful statement. They were written, God made sure that they were written for who? For us. You. <laughs> For those whom upon the ends of the ages have come. That's the church. 
We're the ones whom upon the ends of the ages have come. We are even more at the end of the ages than Paul was and the church in Corinth. Because it's been 2,000 years almost since this was written. So how much more are we at the end of the ages? So <laughs> what Paul is saying is that these, this Old Testament story was actually written down for us. Not for them. I mean, them being Old Testament people. They, it was written for us. God had it planned out that this would be written for the New Testament church as an example for us so that we would know it not to be idolaters or to grumble mm-hmm. or to be sissies or whiny babies so that we, we would have faith in him. So we know that we can trust God and take him at his word. That's why these stories are in, are in here. That's why all the stories about the teens and idolatry are in there so that God can get it through our head. Nope, you can't can't worship idols you know you you can't put your trust in yourself you got to put your trust in me kids making fun of bald guys yeah doesn't matter if they're under the law or not it's the same principle yeah. that uh, still uh, still applies yeah. it says it's written down for our ins- our instruction yep. this is actually the second verse today that we've read in the new testament that says instruction and example and mm-hmm. the second one today and you know what's funny is um this this uh, podcast ha- might have the most scripture in it than any of our other podcasts because there's just so much content here. It might be close, but in Bible class today, uh, he was oh, part. He mentioned Romans ten, and I was just thinking, man, we didn't get Romans ten. Uh, a whole whole chapter of Romans ten is literally about um, about <laughs> some of this stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's a lot more. That uh, yeah, we missed out on a lot, and but we still have. We so are going to mention Hebrews eleven <laughs> though because. Oh, this covers up. a bunch of stories. So like Hebrews 11, it goes through stories of the Old Testament and pretty much tells us why they are there. It tells us why we have these Old Testament stories. And it gives us a list of people who were justified by faith. You know, these people were not... It, it, it doesn't tell us the great things they did by law. It tells us what they did by faith. So even though everybody past Moses, or Moses after him, were under law, they, it still mentions people just, justified by faith. But then there's people before Moses who didn't have the law yet, but they were still justified by faith. For example, uh, read verses 17 through 19. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son, it was he to whom it was said, In Isaac your de- descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. All right, so Abraham here, you know, God tells him to kill your son. No, he says, offer your son <laughs> as a sacrifice. Now this is the son that Abraham waited for. As God said, it's through him. It's through Isaac that the promise is going to come through, that, that the blessing is, is, is going to go through and it's going to be a great a nation. So does Abraham be like, uh-huh. does he start crying? <laughs> or, no, it doesn't say that, does he? It says he considered that God can raise the dead. Abraham believed God so much that he knew that Abraham was going to be raised from the dead. The dead and God didn't even have Isaac killed. He's it was it was a test, you know. Isaac, I didn't die 
in, in that moment. But that is an example of what faith looks like, what, what it means to be justified by faith. The Old Testament proves over and over again that you can't just have an intellectual faith, but it has to be, there has to be action to prove it. So if you were to read through all these Old Testament stories of faith, maybe there wouldn't be so many people today thinking that, well, baptism is a work. We can't do that because, <laughs> you know, that's not faith. It's work. We have to pray Jesus into our heart or just believe. Well, if you let the Old Testament tells you over and over again what faith is yep. by D- David and Goliath, Noah building the ark. I mean, something that Hebrews 11 records, these guys, this is not law. It's not that their works. It has nothing to do with their works at all. It's the fact that they believed, so they did. So if we understood that, then we can understand it's the same principle in the, the, the New Testament. We, we do because we believe, just like these guys did. So we got... We I think we gotta we, come to a conclusion, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows what our answer is gonna be. But I think is the, the Old Testament is canceled because <laughs> just kidding because I don't like it because I don't want to read it. No, sorry. I, okay, <laughs> I I don't believe that. I believe that the Old Testament is awesome. The Old Testament is necessary, and the New Testament has answered that question for us. The Old Testament is not canceled. It. The Old Testament is still doctrine. Even though we're not mm. under law anymore, it's still sound doctrine that we need to study and read and learn and understand it. And understand it from a New Testament perspective. It really helps you understand the Old Testament when you understand the basics of the New Testament because then you start to see everything. Even um, even Leviticus becomes interesting when you read it with the basic New Testament understanding. And then, when you understand these Old Testament themes, then you start to understand the New Testament even more, on a non-basic level, on a more advanced level. So, it the Old Testament helps you understand, like, how can you truly understand the priesthood of Christ without understanding the Levitical priesthood? What about the spiritual temple if you don't understand the physical one? Can you understand, we talked about a, a, a circumcision, all those you know, and the sacrifices, how can you understand the spiritual aspect of it if you don't first understand yeah. the physical way? And the Old yeah. Testament is a big, big, thick book. And God put a lot of time and energy. It was written over 1,500 years. I'm cov- not sure God has energy, honestly. Covering <laughs> God is energy. <laughs> no, God, um, it took a lot of time and patience 1,500 years being written, covering over, I want to say, a little bit less than 4,000 years of world history. And we're just going to say, nope, not important. Doesn't count. Because the law. (laughs) Uh, Jay Wilson likes to say, um, the Old Testament is the thickness of the human skull. (laughs) That's how long it, it, he couldn't introduce Jesus and the garden. It took the entire... Old Testament in order to introduce Jesus to the, uh, uh, to the world. So, how does the Old Testament apply to us? Recap. All right, recap time. So, number one, it helps uh, prove the Bible is actually the Word of God and Jesus is the Son of God through things like prophecies and genealogies. Number two, 
helps us go deeper into God's word, and helps us have a more meaningful understanding of the New Testament. Number three, the text shows that God keeps his promises without exception, so we can look at the promises we have been given and get excited because we know what's coming. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Number four, the Old Testament is the foundation of the world. New Testament, actually, foundation of the New Testament, too. And God's plan to have a relationship with you for the rest of eternity. But how doesn't it apply to us? Oh, okay. So actually there is a couple of ways it doesn't really apply to us, but that doesn't mean we still can't learn from it. But there's a couple, here's some ways <laughs> it might not apply to us today. And number one, we aren't under the law anymore. How many times have we made this point in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The, we're, we're not messianic. We don't have to kill a ram every time we sin or something like yeah. that. So yeah, we're not under the law. That doesn't apply to us today. But number two, God also doesn't interact with the world the same way he does like um you're not gonna see me go heal a crippled man and then uh help bring the gospel to that person through that because we have the written word of god and we can prove that god is uh, jesus was god and uh the bible is the word of god through the bible itself uh, because of prophecy and genealogies as i said earlier which is a good thing because um, if God back then only spoke to prophets and he made sure that his words were, were written down as fast as he could because then it then God's speaking to all of us through that way. So if God is just speaking to uh, one prophet, we have to be there at the place where the prophet is speaking and that's how mm-hmm. we get the word from God. But now we have the words from God speaking to all of us through the word. And so it's uh, better this way that, that we have much, much better. The whole thing written for us. Yeah. All right. So I love reading the, the Old Testament because every time I do, I learn so much more. I learn so much new stuff and I keep seeing Jesus in it. I mean, I've read Acts 2.38 over and over again and it's still the same. I, I don't see anything new there i mean it's important doctrine but it's still the same but when i read the old testament it's like just every day like wow this is that this is awesome i didn't realize this was pointing towards jesus all right i don't really i mean thousands of years hundreds of years before and jesus is in this you know they're Mm -hmm. talking about him and we there's so much more that we could have talked about but it's fun it's just so much fun to see the new testament gospel in the old testament and yeah, it's faith it's, building too. it is it is really faith building and like you said fun i'm i'm like <clears throat> both me and my wife actually are getting uh more into the old testament because we we've kind of neglected it for too long and uh, just see like you said just it kind of blows your mind as you read it just like Wow, I, it, it's kind of almost annoying. Like thinking, like why why do we put so much emphasis on the New Testament, which it deserves it obviously. But like preachers calling all preachers, <laughs> we need to point a lot of more a lot more people towards Old Testament and stop answering difficult questions with, well, that, that was the Old Testament. Like that's not an appropriate answer. No, that's not gonna convince. I anybody. hope I don't do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can't now after this episode. <laughs> yeah. so now you know. Now you gotta the Old dig Testament in. Testament is important. <laughs> All right. So for our next episode, we are going to be tackling a subject mostly towards guys, but girls are gonna want to listen to. It's about the great and very common sin of lust and how to defeat it through God's help. We will discuss that <laughs> next time. Next time. See you guys. See you guys.